Thank you, worship team. What a wonderful song that is. Yes, indeed. Heaven came down and glory filled my soul. Let it happen, Lord. Let it happen with each one of us. Well, today's message is entitled, Summerlicious Truths from Ezra. Summerlicious Truths from Ezra. A few years ago, I saw that word somewhere. I can't exactly remember where, but I liked it. I almost looked it up in the dictionary. I don't know if it's in the dictionary, but it sounds good. Why don't you say it with me? Summerlicious. And I've got to remember, I've got to remember in the winter to do a message or two called Winterlicious. Because good things happen in the winter too, right? And how about in the fall? Fallicious. And uh, in the spring, springlicious? <laughs> springlicious. Oh, you don't fully appreciate this, do you? Don't. <laughs> okay. Summerlicious truths from Ezra. This is a part of our series of messages in Ezra. We've discovered some powerful, marvelous truths in earlier messages, and now we come to some truths in Ezra chapter 7, if you would turn to it please, Ezra chapter 7, starting at verse 27, and if you don't like the word summerlicious, then you can replace it with beautiful truths from Ezra. How's that? A marvelous truths from Ezra. And here is what Ezra 7, 27 and 28 say, Praise the Lord, the God of our ancestors, who made the king want to beautify the temple of the Lord in Jerusalem. And praise him for demonstrating such unfailing love to me by honoring me before the king, his council, and all his mighty nobles. I felt encouraged because the gracious hand of the Lord my God was on me. And I gathered some of the leaders of Israel to return with me to Jerusalem. I don't want to spend time on all of the history that I've given to you in the past. And those of you who are maybe interested in uh, hearing some of the history and you didn't hear some of the previous messages, you can go online and uh, listen to some of those previous messages where I give you substantial history on Ezra. But the first truth I want to share with you in today's message is this. God can change a person's heart, referring to the inward nature. God can change a person's heart for the better. Now that is a summerlicious truth in my opinion. And this truth came to my mind as I, as I read and as I Read Ezra's words in verse 27, which once again says, Praise the Lord, the God of our ancestors, who made the king want, who made the king want to beautify the temple of the Lord in Jerusalem. Some of you will remember that Ezra's mission was to travel 800 miles, which is about 1,280 kilometers from Babylon, from Babylon, which, by the way, was the area of modern-day which country? Israel. 
I rock. Praise God. You see, you listened and learned something before. All right? So his mission was to go from Babylon, what is basically today modern-day Iraq, to Jerusalem. And one of the responsibilities and goals was to beautify the temple. That was just a part of it. His main duty was to teach the word of God. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. And to encourage the people spiritually in their relationship with the Lord. But uh, as a part of his responsibility in beautifying the temple, the, uh, the fact was he had a big undertaking. It was a, it was a big job. It was a big job going from Babylon to Jerusalem. And the year was 458 B.C. 458 B.C., no jet planes, no 120-mile-an-hour drives. I mean, 120 kilometer. And none of us should be going that because the speed limit is 100 anyway, right? Amen. Now, Ezra, Ezra knew the history of Israel. And he would have known that a king and his Babylonian army had destroyed the holy temple and all of Jerusalem about 130 years earlier. Ezra was very educated. He was a priest, a scribe, and he would have known much of the history. He would have known that there were, there were kings and political leaders across the years who either didn't, didn't care about the temple didn't care about the temple, didn't want it rebuilt, or simply couldn't be bothered about the main place of worship for the Jews in Jerusalem. Eventually, however, although the temple had been totally demolished by the Babylonian armies, eventually the temple was, was rebuilt. And it's possible that the king of Persia in Ezra's day, whose name was King Artaxerxes. Why don't you say it with me? King Artaxerxes. And I did suggest that this could be a potential name for some people's son in the future, but I don't have any takers on it as yet. But anyway, the king was Artaxerxes, and it's possible that initially, initially Artaxerxes may not have been interested in helping, uh, in helping with, with the temple project. But at some point, at some point, King Artaxerxes must have changed his mind. He must have changed his mind and heart. And so Ezra says in verse 27, praise the Lord who made the king want, who made the king want to beautify the temple of the Lord in Jerusalem. Now stick with me. Once you get a hold of this, it's really beautiful. It's really beautiful. This is a wonderful lesson. It's a summerlicious truth for you and me of the fact that God Almighty is mighty powerful, as the children sang earlier. God Almighty can change a person's heart, referring to the inward nature, for the better for something good. Think about it. Maybe, maybe you have a son or daughter who has been giving you a hard time or is a problem for whatever reasons. Don't give up. Don't give up on him or her. 
pray for that son or daughter because God can change their heart. The Lord is able to change their heart no matter how, how impossible it might seem. Or maybe you have a, a husband or wife or other family member or a coworker or a neighbor who is a pain. I won't ha ask you for a show of hands on that. Maybe you've got someone in your life who is a pain, and I hope none of you, no one is thinking that it's Pastor Nick, right? <laughs> but maybe you've got someone in your life who is a pain. Don't give up on him or her. Keep praying for that person because God can change that person's heart and mind. Amen? Come on now. That's true. Some of you, and that includes me, have a, have a family member or friend who totally couldn't care less. They couldn't care less about dedicating his or her life to Jesus Christ so that they would know that they have the promise of heaven, know that their, 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 their eternal home is heaven. Don't give up. Don't give up on that dear person. Keep praying for that loved one, for God to change their heart so that with joy, with joy, he or she will repent of their sins, put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ as their Savior and Lord, and would eventually know that they are bound for heaven. Amen? Amen? There are some people sitting in this very sanctuary, and I'm sure there are some people listening on the radio broadcast today who at one point in time couldn't care less about faith in Jesus, but God, God got a hold of their hearts and mind and, and, and transformed them beautifully so that now you, there are many of you here, you could testify to the truth that is stated in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, which says, anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has, what? Has begun. Amen? Is it possible? Is it possible today that you are someone whose heart needs to be changed by God for the better? Is it possible that you have been a, a problem person in your family? Is it possible that you have been the problem person in your family, at work, at school, in your neighborhood? You know, a lot of times people blame everyone else for their problems. Now you don't do this, but other people do, right? Many times people blame everyone else for their problems. That's right. It's like the man. It's like the man who got into an accident with his car. He was obviously very upset 
but not injured. He, but he, was, he was very upset. He, he got out of his car, and, and he walked over. He walked over to the driver in the other vehicle, and, 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 and he said, Lady, lady, what's wrong with you? What's wrong with you, lady? Why can't you drive properly? Why did you smash into my car? You know, why? You're, you're, you're the fifth person who has hit my car today. Huh? That old boy just didn't realize the reason he had five accidents in a day wasn't because of the five other people. It was because of, of him. Right? Sometimes, sometimes we have to sing an old chorus that uh, a few of you would know from years ago, uh, if I recall it correctly, I'm not old enough to remember some of these old songs, you know. <laughs> you know, uh, George, what's that old song? It's me, it's me, it's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. It's me, it's me, it's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. Not my brother, not my sister, not my, what is it, George. Oh, okay, thanks, George. George, come on up. Just sing it for us here. Come here. Come here. <clears throat> now, George, you're, you're, not, you're, not, you're not old enough either. You're not old enough either. But, but, but you always sing much better than I, you know? Yeah, yeah. so lead, lead us in it, George. Lead us in it. Now, 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 technicians, just watch the sound there because I don't want the radio listeners' ears to be blasted off, okay? And I yeah. don't want to be singing on the radio. Okay, come on, George. Uh, lead not us. my brother, not my sister, but it's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. Not my brother, not my sister, but it's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. It's a me, it's a me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. It's a me, it's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. Oh, amen. <laughs> At least I can do the amens, George. <laughs> uh, well, my friends, the, the truth is sometimes we're always blaming someone else. True? When the truth is, the person who needs to change is you or me. And the good news is, the good news is, God can change a person's heart, mind, and life for the better. And the best, the best starting point for that change is to ask God to to forgive you for your sins, to believe that Jesus, the Son of God, died on the cross to pay the price for your sins, that Jesus rose triumphant over the grave on the third day, and that now, now you can say, you can say, Jesus, Jesus, may your spirit come into, your, my, into my heart. May your spirit, Lord, come into my heart and make the changes that need to be made. Amen? Amen? At the end of this message, I am going to, to give you an opportunity to get up from your seat. 
to come to the front of this church, which we call the altar, a place of prayer. And you can have a little talk with the Lord, and you can say, Lord, on this day, and this day I want to invite you into my heart, into my life, and I want to ask you to begin to make the changes inside of me that need to be made, Lord, to change me for the better as I begin my spiritual journey with you. I want you to think about, in a few minutes, coming and praying and saying, Lord, on this day, I give you my heart, and I ask you to turn me into the person, make me and mold me into the person you want me to be. Amen? All right, so that's the first summerlicious truth. God can change a person's heart for the better. Here's the second beautiful truth that I invite you to reflect upon, and it is this. God loves you very much. And this truth beautifully comes across in Ezra 7, verse 28, where Ezra says, and praise him, God, And praise him for demonstrating such unfailing love to me by honoring me before the king, his council, and all his mighty nobles. Think about it. He, I believe, is really touched and absorbed by the fact that he says, and praise God for demonstrating such unfailing love for me. I hope that somehow each one of us here, each one of us in the sanctuary on the main level and up in the balcony and each radio listener can truly be gripped and touched by God's love. Some years ago, a very brilliant, brilliant man, one of the most brilliant men in the world, was asked the question, What is the greatest truth you have ever learned? And his answer was this. He said, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. God's love for you and me is spoken about many times in the Holy Bible. And and I want us to just focus on a, a few important truths connected to his love for you and me. And and one of these truths is this. God loves you so very much. God loves you so much he sent Christ to die for you, to die on the cross, to pay the price for your sins and mine. There's a Bible verse in Romans chapter 5, verse 8, that says, God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. And then I want you to think about the fact that God loves you no matter how difficult your life becomes. In other words, sometimes, sometimes, whether it's you, me, or any of us, sometimes a person can go through a a lot of tough situations, a lot of hardships, and sometimes a person can feel like, is this happening to me because God doesn't love me, God couldn't care less about me? And the answer is no, no. I want to invite you to to just listen to this beautiful portion of Scripture 
from Romans chapter 8, beginning at verse 35, where it says this. Where it says, that's okay. Romans 8, 35 says, Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? As the scriptures say, for your sake we are killed every day. We are being slaughtered like sheep. No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Isn't that beautiful? And I am convinced, says the Apostle Paul, that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Here it is, neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Isn't that beautiful? That's basically telling us what you see on the screen there under point B, that God loves you no matter how difficult your life becomes. Then I want you to also make note of, of this truth. You, you, might have, you might have difficulty fully comprehending the extent of God's love for you. That's right. And this is taught to us in Ephesians chapter 3, verses 18 and 19, would say, and may you have the power to understand, <laughs> it's interesting, he says, and may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide and long and how high and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to, fully un to, to understand fully though it is too great to understand fully. Isn't that interesting? He begins by saying, and may you have the power to understand, and then in the end he says, well, you know, the truth is, his love is too great, too magnificent, too awesome to understand fully. And, and so uh, if you don't totally and fully understand how much God loves you, join the club. You're, you're, you're one of us. As, as, I, as I was reflecting upon this truth, I, I, thought, about, I thought about our one-year-old little grandson, baby Yanni. And I thought, you know what? Even when he gets a little bit older and he can begin to talk, I thought, you know what? That little, that little boy will probably never fully understand how much his mommy and daddy love him and how much we as grandparents love him. Would you say that's a correct statement, Ruth? Yeah? 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 How true that is. All right. Okay. Here's something else we need to reflect upon. Because of God's love, you can be called, you and I can be called a child of God. In the Bible, First 
John chapter three, verse one says, how great is the love the Father has lavished on us. How great is his love that he has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. You see, you're not just the son or the daughter of a particular mother and father, which is wonderful. But you are also, when we repent of our sins and put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ as our Savior and Lord, we literally become a son or a daughter of God Almighty. You are a somebody. You may sometimes feel like a nobody, but you really are a somebody, and you are a child of the King, a child of God. And as I've heard George Adams over the years say, God don't make no garbage. Oh, I guess he doesn't use that accent. <laughs> Thank you, George. All right. All right. Well, my friends, because of God's love, you can be called a son or a daughter. But also, because of God's love, you will have eternal life in heaven. You'll have eternal life in heaven, and that's, that's what John 3.16 tells us, and many other verses, which, which uh, says, in the case of John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Or in the New Living Translation, the most, one of the most modern translations, it says, for God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only Son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but will have eternal life. Amen? But notice this as well. God's love for us inspires us to love each other. His love inspires us to love each other. Amen? 1 John chapter 4, verse 11 says, Dear friends, dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. So the question is, do we? Do we? Amen? First John 4.19 says, We love each other because he loved us first. He loved us first. And John 13, verses 34 and 35 declare, Jesus is speaking and he says, Love each other just as I have loved you. Just as I have loved you. You should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. And we could ask the question, is there or are there appropriate ways to show this love? Well, God tells us, yes, there are. Some of those ways are summarized in 1 Corinthians 13, verse 4 and following, where it says, if sometimes you, uh, you've just wondered, well, how can I be practical? How can I really show love? Turn to 1 Corinthians 13, verse 4 says, love is patient and kind. Uh, were you, was I patient and kind this week? 
And it goes on, love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. Uh, do you regularly demand your own way? That's not loving. It is not irritable and it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. Endures through every circumstance. I hope that God's love inspires you to keep on loving others. And the Bible also says that his love can fill our hearts. His love can fill your heart and mine. And so my friends, I'm gonna just suggest that you and I reflect and be impacted by these two main summerlicious truths from Ezra today. The first one was, God can change a person's heart for the better. Are you someone that needs to allow and ask the Lord to begin to change your heart for the better? as you repent of your sins and as you put your faith and trust in Jesus. And then remember, secondly, that God loves you very much. If you came to church today, or radio listener, if you're listening and for whatever reasons you have not been feeling loved by anyone, May your heart be warmed and touched by this beautiful news that God loves you very much. He loves you so much that he sent his only begotten son, Jesus, into this world to die on a cross to pay the price for your sins and mine and is now able to fill your heart and mine with his love Amen. Amen. Would you bow your head with me, please? Dear Lord, we're thankful for these beautiful truths that come forth from Ezra, the priest and scribe. And Lord, I pray that you would use these truths to impact each one of us in different ways. Some of us here, Lord, need to indeed ask you to begin to change us and melt us and mold us in a way that is humanly impossible but is possible through the presence and the power and the purity of your spirit at work within us. And so, Lord, would you create, would you create in us the kind of heart that you want us to have a heart of love, a heart cleansed by your spirit. And Lord, may you encourage somebody here
through the good news. The good news that you love, you love us so very much. You love each one. Those in the main level of the sanctuary, those up in the balcony, those listening on the listening by radio or on the internet. Lord, thank you for your beautiful love. We are encouraged indeed. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.